0: Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. Today I'm so thrilled to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Rebecca Miller, and the winning book is titled Touch. Rebecca is a multi award winning author of contemporary fiction with a purpose. She is a uniquely passionate person who lives to write compelling stories with urgent messages. Her characters are imperfect, relatable individuals who usually grow from their experiences, albeit sometimes slowly, however big or small their challenges may be. Her goal is to write believable characters with engaging journeys that each of her readers can gain something from. There is so much more to find out today, so I want to get started. Welcome to the network, Rebecca. Hi, Pat. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It really is. I'm so happy to talk about this book as such... Such an important topic that doesn't get discussed much. But first, let me say congratulations on winning the Firebird Book Award. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was happy to share that with you. I'm not a judge, so I never know what the outcome's going to be, but I always keep my fingers crossed. You know, before we get into your book, perhaps just share a little bit of your background, like where you come from, what you've done in life that leads you up to writing this book.
1: I actually don't have all too much to share on that because I this was something that I never saw coming. I grew up not knowing how to read, so writing a book is completely out of left field for me. I was in the first grade, and my teacher allowed me to pass without reading, knowing how to read, Mm -hmm. and so I just kept getting passed and passed, and somehow fudged my way through school, and could barely read. One day, the idea for this book kind of just hit me in the head like a baseball bat, and seeing that such an important topic, I just felt like it wasn't something that I could fail at. So I went ahead and learned everything I possibly could on how to write, learned how to type, but first I also had to learn how to enjoy reading.
0: That's a whole conversation in and of itself, Rebecca. Yeah, a lot of people tell me that. They say, I have a book, that's a book in and of itself. Just quickly, because I'm fascinated, how did you manage to go so long with, did, did people not know that you couldn't read? Like, where Nobody was everyone? Knew. Nobody
1: knew. My, I had a, my first grade teacher actually would do this thing where she would give an award, a little treat or a prize to the first three kids done with their work each day. And I would see all of the kids getting prizes and I was always last. I was never going to get one of these prizes. So I would take my little ditto completely undone and blank and go stick it in the done pile to stick it in the middle. And she was recording grades for everybody. I got, I got re- grades. I got report cards. I was doing great. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going on, but this is awesome. I'm not doing any work. I'm getting prizes every day. Nobody is any the wiser. And then one day at the very end of the year, she looked in my desk for some reason. So, uh, my desk couldn't even shut anymore because it was so full of papers <laughs> that I didn't do. And she scolded me. She was on her way to retirement. She never told my parents. Sent me home and they passed me on to second grade.
0: Wow.
1: And second grade, I was held back, but they can only do so much. Mm-hmm. moved on to third grade. That teacher decided that it was because I just wasn't doing the work. I wasn't listening. Sat me outside the hall when I should have been learning. She sat me outside by myself to think about what I'd I'd done by not paying attention. Everybody decided, okay, maybe she just needs glasses. I'm like, all right, whatever. I still couldn't read. Never really told anybody because I didn't want to get in trouble for what I knew I had done in the first grade. And so finally, 12th grade, I somehow made it all the way through advanced placement. English and history. Barely knowing how to read. With all those big fat books that they make you, make you do. Cliff Notes were a big help. And probably two weeks before graduation, I had a conversation with my guidance counselor. And he's like, this doesn't make sense. And he tested me for dyslexia. And I'm like, I'm not dyslexic.
0: <laughs>
1: so, but the, the idea for this book actually came in junior high. And I just started penning it on paper because I was actually very artistic. So that's where I got its start. Mm. And then once my son, I think 27, my son, my son is 18 now. He was It was the day after his first birthday. I dug it out of a, this story out of a box in the basement. I'm like, you know what? I really enjoy doing that and put pen. Actually, I learned how to use the computer at that point and just went from there. Mm. That was 16 years, 17 years ago.
0: Wow. Wow.
1: It took me almost 20 years to complete this book because I had to learn how to write. I had to learn the craft of writing. I had to have a very, very slow typist. I had to learn how to use a computer. I still use very, very old versions of those programs because my mind just can't keep up or get up to speed with all of the new technology.
0: Well, this is quite a story, and yeah, if you're ever lacking something to do, it would make a fascinating tale here um, <laughs> <laughs> for 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 many reasons. Like shame yeah. on the system. I mean, there's just a whole lot that you could really you could really delve into, and I'm sure you're not the only one. Maybe not the exact uh, circumstances, yeah, but, but slides by without unnoticed and and should right. be so. All right, well, we'll let that go maybe for another time. So let's talk about the book, Touch. Just give us a peek. What can readers expect to find?
1: I realize at this point that I need to give the spoiler alert because it is such an important topic. It is about sex trafficking of young males. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a topic that doesn't get barely any attention at all. Um, People don't realize that sex trafficking occurs to 50% of boys. Um, it's generally a female centered topic. So there are no resources. So if you run across a situation where you have a teenage boy who's being sex trafficked, there's nowhere to put them. They end up in a group home somewhere with no, no basic resources to help them. Mm-hmm. So the way that I wrote this book was from the uh, female perspective who had just lost her She had just recently lost her mother in a very traumatic way, so she was undergoing some issues herself where she was losing friends. She was kind of isolating, and she meets this kid at school or sees this kid kind of doing the same thing, and she recognizes the behavior because it happened to her, and she had lost friends, so she goes out of her way to make friends with him, not knowing and going through most of the book not knowing what's going on with him. And when she finds out, her family moved into kind of, Help and bring light to the whole situation, bring justice and whatnot.
0: As you say, this is more of a female oriented topic, but when you really think about it just for a moment, why should it be?
1: I know that Amy Rivers had just done her interview the other day and was speaking about it being a domestic problem versus other countries. You just think it, you don't think that it's in your own neighborhood. But trafficking can be in your house. You you don't have to leave your house to be trafficked. So it's it's not even like this, this book is actually about a family member who's doing it. So it's happening right inside this person's house. They don't even have to leave to be trafficked. And it's a small town. People just don't think that things like that happen in small towns.
0: Why did this capture your brain at such a young age? Did you know something? Did something happen? Was there a reason why this topic would have been of interest to you way back then?
1: This is that's the, probably the most interesting question because I have absolutely no background whatsoever to lead this to my brain. I grew up in a very structured, very lovely household with a great family. I never experienced anything like this. I didn't know anybody in the situation. And then just one day, I felt like this person invaded my head and said, tell this story. And I had no choice, no choice but to stop everything I was doing. And I was a brand new mother at the time. I had a life, and I had to stop everything I was doing to put it towards this. Wow. It was it's this person. I have these characters living in my brain yelling very loudly, and it's, I don't know what's coming next I'll. Sit down, at the computer, and my fingers will just go. It's almost like I'm just a medium.
0: Mm-hmm. You are, you are, it, yeah. If there is no like rational or experiential reason, no, um, there's not. And I've I've had compliments from
1: people who have been in the situation or in similar situations, saying that they don't understand how someone like me, who has not had the experience, can write it so authentically. Interesting. So <laughs> it, it's it's really it's odd. <laughs>
0: It is odd, and, and yet your characters, like real people, are not perfect, and yet I see that some readers take an issue with that in a way as if everybody should react to trauma in the same accepted way. That's the
1: thing is, like, when when writing the book, I wrote, without having read, anything. I I think I'd read maybe two or three books cover to cover in my entire life, and it was only after I started writing this trying to figure out like what's my style, but at that point, I'm like, you know what? I've got to write what the voices in my head are telling me to write. I'll figure out the rest later, and I did what I felt I should do, and just some of the feedback that comes in, it's like it's obvious that you don't have kids. You've never dealt with teenagers. You've never been in the situation. You don't know what to expect. It's it's definitely some tough ground to be on, and I feel like also, the, uh, the topic is very difficult, too, because I get a lot of praise from people who will private message me that they love the book and they, it was great. They think I'm doing a great job with it and praise me for bringing this topic to light, but they never publicly, publicly acknowledge it because it's such an uncomfortable topic. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to talk about it. So I, I feel like this is going to be a very slow climb, bringing the whole subject matter to light.
0: Yes, and and as as you're speaking, I'm thinking about folks who expect that your character should react in a certain way. That's very harmful to people in general in real life to say that you're not responding the way you should respond because what is the proper response to any kind of trauma? Well, there isn't. Right. There isn't. Right.
1: No, there isn't. I've had a lot of people say, well, you should have had this character do this or that or this was wrong. And I'm like, it's not realistic. I've had a lot of situations where I have self-published. I'm an independent publisher, so I can make changes and I will dwell on these things. Like there's, I, I look at percentages. Okay. So is it 25% of people who think that this should, And like, I can't change it. No. This is reality. Mm-hmm. It's reality. This is, I'm not living in the, let's try to change how people act as far as what your general personality is. I, I'm living in the now. This is, This is how you respond. People respond in this day and age, and we have to be aware that this is a sensitive thing that we're not always going to do it right. Mm -hmm. We can just try our best.
0: Right. This is not the kind of book to write for the reader, necessarily, or what the reader wants to read. Right, Um, right. It's too rough of a subject, and, and... if this is just pouring out from you naturally it's not like you have done years and years of research on this i find that to be just so intriguing that this is this is coming from somewhere and it's authentic yeah. it's authentic and so to change it at the whim of you know a handful of readers or comments would not be doing you justice right. nor, nor the message
1: and that that's the thing too is i've had a lot where and people giving me advice on maybe you should try this or change this or change that. and like, I can't change anything. I'm not the one writing this book. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm just the medium. There are other things at play here that are putting this message into my head, and I can't just go change things on a whim because somebody doesn't like it.
0: And yet on the flip side, we're talking about a very small percentage of people. On the other yes. side of that, think of how many people this book is helping.
1: Right, right. My goal with this book is to get it into facilities where it will make a difference and it has been in places where I've gotten some great feedback from younger young kids or adult or young adults that they have told me that it has changed their life that it gives them a new outlook and it gives them hope and that's really my aim so I just have to kind of put my own emotions aside with that right right get a tougher skin
0: no, I get that. It's You haven't been able to practice for this. This is just happening in real time. Yeah. So you've just got to yeah. go with it as it occurs and know that you're doing good work and helping people. And, you know, I say this often, you have no idea who you're helping. Right. People are not necessarily going to reach out to you and say, thank you, you helped me. But uh, it's out there and it's helping people. So that's, right. that's the gift. And,
1: and I was actually just thinking the other day that a lot of the people that this is helping, or potentially could help will not have any sort of access or way to tell me mm-hmm. to help them or even acknowledge that they read it. So I'm just hopeful that I did the right thing and I believe that I did. So
0: I don't think you could accomplish this kind of an endeavor and have it be the wrong thing. It's there's too right. much is there's too much. It's not yeah. It, yeah. you know it wasn't done on a whim and it didn't take a minute. I think I read somewhere where you had sent this out to as many publishers and, and uh, 700 <laughs>
1: agents. I didn't want
0: I did not want to say that number. How I know did, how did, in the
1: world, over 700 rejections in the span of probably about 10 years.
0: Rebecca, how did you mentally deal with that? And keep, I don't know. Keep going. <laughs> I don't know why I keep entering these award <laughs> programs
1: because I'm trying to like just get some sort of, stability back in my life, like, okay,
0: this was right. I was just going there with that. I was going to say, between all of those uh, rejections from publishers and the fact that you came from a non-reading background and you had to struggle to do that, winning an award has got to feel... Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, I'm so happy to be a part of this. Thank you. I'm so happy that you are. <laughs> all righty. So, Wow. I want to make sure that we're not missing anything because there's there's so much to talk with you about. Oh, can, I'm sure we can, that we're missing something. I know that. I'm kind
1: of stuck in a place right now where I wrote this book and everybody wants more. Or they want more but it doesn't. It, it's kind of an open ended, um, ending, mm-hmm. and it's a dr- dramatic, traumatic, open ended thing. We're like, well, that's realistic, yeah. and it's now up to me to decide: do I go further? Because I, I get a lot of people who want a want me to write from the male victim's perspective, which was used a lot of voice in my head, and it was the idea in the beginning, but with no background in writing and knowing that the world might not be ready for that yet, I kind of tried to ease in with this, but I do see something more happening
0: yeah, if you're getting that inkling, it might be something to try yeah, just to see yeah. how it feels to put some of that on paper. It might just take off.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. I've already started that. It's taking off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we already know. I don't want to make any promises yet.
0: <laughs> no promises. This is too. This is too much to make a promise on. But it, we, at least we know that you're working on it. It's something we can look forward to yeah. in the yeah. future. Oh my gosh, this is so fun to talk with you. There's just a lot going on. We might have to do this again. All righty. Well, I know we're missing things, but we'll think about that and maybe do more later. If you would share any and all contact information where folks can find out more about you and get a copy of this important book.
1: Okay, so my website is Rebecca Miller I have all of my socials on there. Um, the book is available pretty much anywhere. It's on Amazon, Ingram, um, Barnes and Noble, pretty much anywhere online. It's available in print, ebook, I'm hoping, very much hoping to do an audiobook soon.
0: That's a nice neat place to find you, Rebecca Miller-author.com. The book is titled Touch. And just from this tiny slice of conversation we had today, I really encourage everyone to get a copy, share it with others. There's any kind of locations or organizations where people feel that this book might be helpful. I would say to contact you and you know maybe you can get a bulk box out to these groups and get, get, yes, start absolutely, getting, yeah, absolutely. start getting the word That's out. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything I can do to help you personally, please keep me in mind. I would be okay, very I Okay. Definitely. I'll definitely do that. Very happy to do that. All right. Rebecca Miller, the book is titled Touch, Rebecca dot authorcom you, my friend, are just kind of a miracle here. I am There's, <laughs> You're so impressive oh, and inspiring. We never people. described me like that before. <laughs> Stick with me.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Pat.